0: You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and welcome. Thank you once again for joining us for Digital House Church here On Sundays at Reality Honolulu. My name is Riz, the pastor here. If you if I have not met you yet, I'm just grateful that you are here. Um, as always, thank you for joining us for that time of worship, and before we get into some announcements and the Word of God, I want to pause and remember another way in which we worship the Lord is through our tithes and offerings and our giving, and um, it's, it's a form of worship, to worship God with what He's so richly given us, and to steward that, to see His um, kingdom go forth here in Hawaii as it is in heaven and to the ends of the earth, and so what I wanna do is I wanna just acknowledge this and and stop and pray and ask the Lord to use all that he's given us, all these resources um, for his glory and his namesake and then uh, pray for our time today. So why don't you join with me to do that. God, thank you for that time of worship we just had. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And that we get to participate in the building of your kingdom, that we're co-laborers with Christ. And God, we just um, thank you for your provision, for the generosity of your church and the ways in which you use the church corporately to give towards what you're doing in and through Reality Honolulu for your glory, And God, that's what we desire. We ask that our church, your church, Reality Honolulu, that we are a part of would um, give you glory, that you would use it to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can hope, think, or imagine. So God, we thank you for this time. We ask that you would speak to us through your word and that you would unify us, despite us being in our own homes right now or wherever we're watching or listening to this. Uh, We thank you that you are with us. You are God with us, Emmanuel. God, speak to us now. Holy Spirit, lead our time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as always, we are going to be getting into the book of Acts, our text uh, that we're going to study today. But before we do that, I just want to give some announcements. Uh, One is just to acknowledge the awesome time of worship that we had last night at our in-person worship gathering. Uh, So grateful to have you that came. Um, Again, we want to start doing this more as the Lord is you know, providing space and time to do so, but obviously, that is the goal, to get back into gathering very regularly, obviously, um, and prayerfully, as we hope that, you know, case numbers are down, and things start opening up, and it's safe, and... Um you know, we can start doing that regularly on Sunday mornings. Until then, we hope to do more of the, these worship times and worship nights. But I just want to thank you for joining us and hope that you can join us for the next one, which we'll let you know about. Um, but before we do that, if you heard our Vision Sunday uh, about a month or so ago now, A part of who we feel that God has called us to, right, is a community following Jesus, seeking the renewal of the land. And part of that, huge part of that is that we are followers. We're following Jesus. We're disciples and we want to grow in discipleship. And we want to provide resources and places and spaces so that we corporately can grow in our relationship with Jesus. And if you've been following along via social media or on our newsletters or in Ohana groups this past month, what we've started doing is actually writing discussion questions, writing questions from the sermon on Sunday, ways in which we can dig in, journal, uh, ask one another, pray over, that, that we can kind of go deeper into the text. You know, there's so much that that we miss out on or can't get into on a Sunday morning, but a huge way in which we can grow in our relationship with Christ is by his word, by his spirit, right? That we know what the word of God says and how it applies to us. And so a dear brother by the name of Zach Dunkerton, Zach, if you're watching this, uh, a huge mahalo to you for kind of orchestrating all those questions every week. You guys got to check it out. He's doing an amazing job. And um Man, just our heart is to equip you guys for the work of the ministry, to grow in relationship, and so uh, excited for that. It's gonna be—it's on the website every week, uh, right under the sermon, either on the homepage or under the sermon on the sermon page. Uh, there's a link to these questions every Monday. We put them there, and so in light of Sunday's sermon, you can dig in more. Also, in addition in another way of growing in discipleship and as followers of Jesus. We actually have uh, another dear couple, Dave, David and Abby Elliott. They are a part of uh, the Reality Ohana, and they also uh, teach the Bible core class at a local uh, m- missions organization called YWAM, Youth with a Mission. They are, uh, they are, they love the Bible. They're amazing teachers of it. Uh, They have a huge, great, amazing understanding of it and how to teach it and how to interpret it and how to study it. And they want to be a resource for us as a church to teach equipping classes, to understand the inductive Bible study method, how to open up your Bible, how to read it, how to interpret it, how to imply it. And um, so they're Offering to do that and provide uh, over time here, uh, equipping classes, ongoing classes that we can have as a church in addition to all, that else, all that's going on. And so um, we announced it last night at the worship night, and uh, we'll let you know more about that. But I want to make sure you know like, uh, that we are providing ways to dig into God's word more, and we would love for you to join in with those as you can. And lastly, the last announcement before we get into the Word of God, which I'm very, very excited about, is that church, um, the Witty Ohana, God bless you, Witties, uh, the the amazing home that we just did the worship night at, and we, on Wednesdays, and um, recording this at, and kind of is our church at the moment, is graciously allowing us once again to meet in person for Easter Sunday. I know you're like Easter already. Yes, April fourth, Sunday, April fourth, uh, is Easter Sunday, the, the day that the church stops and celebrates the resurrection of our Lord and Savior from the dead, giving us power over uh, and hope over sin, death, and the devil. And uh, man, we met last year, I've, as you know, COVID. Uh, we weren't able to meet in person. It was all digital. God used that. But we are going to be able to meet in person Sunday, 10 a.m., April 4th. We will announce more details, but I want you to get uh, get you excited for that. We will also be, uh, you know live streaming that digitally as well for those that can't come, aren't comfortable. Totally cool. We're going to provide both for you so that we are connected and unified, um, but really excited. And again, church, like just hoping that as 2021 goes on, there's, there's more of this. So anyway, lots of announcements there, but exciting things that uh, ways in which we're connecting and growing and serving and Lots more fun stuff to come as well uh, in the next week or two that we'll be announcing. And so God is doing some really, really, really cool things. And uh, I know uh, for many of you, you don't know about that yet, but there's exciting thing God is doing in the background. And so um, God is good and excited about it. Anyway, here we go. Acts 16, uh, 6 uh, excuse me, Acts 16, 11 through 15 is our text this week. And I would love if you would join with me uh, by grabbing your Bible. am sure a lot of you already have it. Uh, come to church with your Bible and, um, or obviously you can grab your phone and open that or computer or whatever it is to Acts 16, 11 through 15. I'll be reading out of the NIV translation to kind of obviously read our text and kind of put ourselves back into the story that we're reading of Paul's second missionary journey. So it says this, <clears throat> picking up uh, where we left off last week. So verse 11 of Acts 16 says, from Troas, we, Paul and Silas and, and Luke and, and, um, and, and Timothy, we set out to see, right from Asia Minor to Europe now, they sailed straight from Samothras, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there, once we arrived on land, right, they traveled by sea, once they arrived on land, modern-day Greece there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. Verse 13, on the Sabbath... We went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the, woman who, uh, to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from a city of Thyatira named Lydia. She was a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. And she said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. Uh, And she persuaded us. Okay, so if you remember uh, where we pick up today which again, it's important to remember, else we'll be lost by the context. But Paul and his new companion, Timothy and Silas, and our author here, Luke, the narrator, uh, have, are traveling from modern day Turkey where just last week, they weren't planning to do this, but the Holy Spirit kind of prevented them from what they were doing. God gave Paul this vision of this Macedonian man saying, like, come to me, come here. And they deducted, and what they You know, thought what was happening was that the Holy Spirit, that God was leading them to go preach the gospel, to go carry the good news of Jesus farther than they ever had, to get on a boat in. In, in Western Turkey or, you know, Western modern day Turkey, sail across the sea there to modern day Greece. And so that is what we see happening here, right? They leave on the ship, they sail straight uh, forward, they get there and then about eight miles inland or so is the city of Philippi where our story takes place today. A um, couple of things to note before we kind of look into uh, how we can, you know, get out of the text what what God has for us today, but even just in the original language, this idea that they sailed straight or they sailed quickly is is referring to, or it was a, a sailing term, navigation term that meant that like the wind was at their backs, like this journey took two days. We see later that the return journey would take five days because, right, they're on a sailboat and it's not that easy just to power across. Um, they are, you know, prisoners to the wind and the waves, so to speak. But again, God was leading them, traveling mercies, what we would say, is that they go straight there and God places them right in the city of Philippi. Right in the strategic Roman colony and, and we see today... The Start of something pretty profound again. If you don't know context, you wouldn't know it. But the fact that the city of Philippi is on uh, your radar should um, trigger and say, Wait a second, the book of Philippians, the letter to the Philippians. Yes, this is the same place. The, the, the letter that Paul would write that we have, that we call the book of Philippians, that a couple years ago we went through as a church, we see this letter written to the church, to the believers in the city of Philippi. So today is the inception, is the very seedlings that would start the church in Philippi. We get the beginning of the story. And so just like last week and the last few weeks, I've encouraged you to go read the letters or the book of 1st and 2nd Timothy. Now, because you've seen the relationship between Paul and Timothy, which we see today, uh, I encourage you once again to this week, dig in to the book or the letter of Of Philippians, you would go and read it, knowing that whoa, like Lydia and these women that that get saved in our text today, they are the start. They they start this church in Philippi, and it grows, and God uses it. And the church in Philippi would become uh, Paul's favorite in some ways. When you read the letter of the Philippians, he loves this church. He loves everything about it. And there's um, real significance to this church, uh, specifically by how it starts. And so um, it's pretty cool, right? This is a historical narrative, and uh, we're literally seeing it come to pass in the start of this church here today in our text. And the first thing I want to note here, the first point I want to make is gospel intentionality, That there was intentionality by Paul and Timothy and Silas and Luke in going about sharing the gospel, telling people about who Jesus was. They were intentional about it. And if you notice in our text today, right, in verse 13 specifically, it says that on the Sabbath, right, on the Lord's day, we, Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke, went outside the city to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. Okay, so context sake, every other time, if you remember the details, when Paul and his companions would get to a city to evangelize, to tell people about Jesus, what would they do? Every single time they got to a new city, they, on the Sabbath, would find the synagogue, the Jewish place of worship, and they would start there. They would make the connection to the Jews of the God of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son was Jesus, he died, he rose again, that is the Messiah. And it was a way in which they started to evangelize a city was go to the synagogue. Well, they don't do that here because at this time, there was no synagogue in Philippi. Um, back then, um, in order to start a synagogue, you needed 10 men um, that of, of, the that, that, that but were Jewish, that believed in uh, the God of Israel, that wanted to practice the Torah and wanted to obey the law. They would get together and um, more or less, a synagogue could be started in a city, but the requirement back then culturally was that you needed 10 men to do so. But uh, kind of also the rule culturally then, to give you some context, is if there was not a synagogue in a city, you those that were believing Jews... Uh, would gather on the Sabbath either by water or by an open field. And so Paul, knowing this culturally, right, gets to Philippi. There's not enough Jewish believers to start a synagogue. On the Sabbath, he's looking for any God-fearing Jews, any, any, anybody in this place that believes in the God of Israel. And so Paul is being intentional to find people He's going after people that he thinks may be receptive or there may be an open door, right? He he wants to find someone that at least believes in the same God. They're missing out on the Messiah. They're missing out on Jesus. They don't know the good news yet, but at least they believe in the God of Israel and the God of the Bible. So what I want to note here is Paul's intentionality that he did not just wait for people to come to him. He did not just sit idle and just go, God, if if you want me to tell anybody about Jesus, just bring him to me. Don't get me wrong, God does that also. But I want us to note here the intentionality of Paul and his companions of going after people in that place, Like, like going out of their way to tell people about Jesus. And again, this is just one example, but we see this all over scripture. Um, Specifically, we see this in the person of Jesus, right? Jesus went out of his way. He broke every cultural, religious, racial, social barrier to go after people to show them and tell them of the love of God and the hope that they have in him. Did it all the time hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes. He dined with them. He, he spent time with them and people had a really hard time with that. Jesus, I cannot even believe that you're hanging around with them, that you're in their presence. But again, remember that Jesus came to seek, to seek, to be intentional, to seek and save the lost. Right, leprosy, we see, throughout scripture, people would, would bring every kind of sickness and disease to the feet of Jesus, and specifically, a, a leprosy. And obviously, we know a lot about leprosy, but leprosy was something that kept you distant and apart from everyone else in society. No physical touch, no nearness, no hugs, no community, no, no, no speaking with even, even from a distance. But what did Jesus do? Jesus went and touched the leper healed the leper. Jesus was very intentional to go out of his way to tell people about himself. One very significant, very powerful story is the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. This was a Samaritan woman. And again, Jesus went out of his way he went a different route to get back to Jerusalem. He went through Samaria because he knew that there was a woman that was broken and hurting and full of shame and needed to have redemption and healing and restoration and wholeness. And in John 4 4, I think it's the King James Version, it says that he must needed to go see her. Again, this wasn't the easy route, this wasn't the planned route. But he was intentional, he must need it. I love that old English right there, like he was compelled. He had to go seek after this woman that so desperately needed to hear about the grace and mercy of God. About the living water, that if she believed and she drank from that she would never thirst again. What we're seeing here with Paul is a glimpse into the person of Jesus and the way of Jesus. And really the way of the disciple of Jesus that we as a people are to be intentional to pursue and pray for and talk with and serve and love people around us. To not just to stand idle and just wait and well, you know what, if, the, if someone asks me, I'll tell them about Jesus or if the opportunity arises. But, but again, I'm not saying don't do that but I'm saying don't only do that. The question would be is who in your life may be receptive, right? Paul was looking for people that may listen, that may believe. Again, I, I, I almost say this every week, but there are unique people in each of our lives that God has placed in our lives that none of, none of us have access to besides you. Besides me, like I have people, like I have a neighbor next to me. That is my neighbor. It's not your neighbor. Talk with them all the time. Sometimes spiritual things, sometimes not. But I have unique access to my neighbor and you don't. I have that relationship. I'm proximate to them. And so the question is, in the same way that Paul and his companions went after and were intentional to love and care and share and tell others about the good news of Jesus that, we, that has saved us, my, my, my question for you is, who is that for you? And who does God want you to pray for, like be intentionally praying for or intentionally just being kind to and loving and caring? Or who does God want you to, Like give your testimony to and share what Jesus has done and like tell about Jesus, who is that? But I think what Paul is doing here is alluding to something that's very special and it's this idea of gospel intentionality. And the second point I wanna make today is gospel receptivity. So once again, as you have experienced, I'm sure, and as you know, not everyone is going to receive the gospel. Not everyone is going to believe. Um, sometimes you can't even get an audience. Some people just don't want to listen. Some people just don't want to, um, yeah, believe or listen or, or they're, they're hostile to the gospel. And that would, that would be very clear in scripture that that is going to happen. And Jesus, even in one of his parables, uh, it's either named the parable of the sower or the parable of the soil. Uh, A parable, again, is kind of giving an illustration or an analogy of an everyday thing to communicate a spiritual concept. It's the same way that uh, when a Bible teacher teaches the Bible, um, it's helpful sometimes to use a real-life illustration to prove or to... um, to explain a point. And so Jesus does this with his disciples, uh, Matthew 13 and, and in Mark and in Luke. Uh, he does this a few times or it's recorded a few times in the gospels. And the idea there is this this parable, this story, this illustration is about sowing seed, right? It's about farming. It's about gardening. It's, it's about growing uh, a food in that time. And he explains that, you know, there's a couple different things that can happen when you sow seed. Again, I'm paraphrasing the parable of the sower here. Um, and uh, Jesus did it a lot better. You can go read it. But the point is, is that when you, when you sow seed, uh, there's a couple things that can happen depending on where the seed falls and what the soil is like. And so, uh, you know, one doesn't have any soil, it's on the road and so it doesn't grow. And then one's rocky and one the birds eat and then one lands on good fertile soil and that actually takes root and grows and produces a harvest or crop 30, 60, 100 fold. Jesus's point in telling this parable is that the gospel, the seed of the gospel The truth of who Jesus is, is going to land differently on the soil, so to speak, of the heart of people, depending on what they think and depending on where they're at. Um, Some people are going to reject it. Some people, they might believe it for a little bit, but it never took root. And so it dies out. And some people believe and receive like so many of us listening here and God changes our life and there's fruit from it. And uh, just like there is a, um, you know, a big uh, crop that comes in Jesus's story in our own lives, we see the fruits of the gospel taking root and spreading to the world around us. And so we see that here with this woman named Lydia and these, these other women on the riverbanks on the Sabbath as they hear about Jesus. Remember, they already are God-fearing, uh, they, they already are God-fearing Jews, or they believe in the, the, the Jewish God of, of, of the Torah of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yahweh but they now believe in his son, Jesus, that Jesus is the Messiah that came to save us and forgive us from our sins, to repair a broken relationship between us and the creator God of the Bible. They believe, they receive, and they are like the one in the parable of the sower that has that fertile soil and it takes root and it produces a lot of fruit. And the last point I want to make here is, um, I'm, I'm calling it gospel creativity. You can call it a lot of different things, but um, <laughs> three points kind of sound good together, right? Gospel intentionality, gospel receptivity, and gospel creativity. And I'll tell you why I named it that and what I want to get across for our last point today. I love how there's some details in here about Lydia, about she's a dealer of purple cloth, she has a house, even that she persuades them. What we what we know from here when we know of Lydia, at least what we can gather according to commentators and Bible scholars is Lydia is a wealthy businesswoman, um kind of like you could say she's a she's a dealer, she's a CEO, she's a boss and um She's prominent, she has some wealth. Uh, if anything, maybe she's kind of like leading this woman, we, these women at the time. And what happens is, is that she gets saved, right? She believes in Jesus. Um, and she uses what God has given her not only resources, but skills and giftings and personality traits and, and kind of just who she's made. For the gospel, right? She's kind of already wired as a boss, as a leader, and so it's like she persuades Paul and Timothy and Silas and Luke, like, if you, if, you, if, this, if you think that it really happened that I'm a believer, I'm going to persuade you, you're going to come with me to my house, right? This is the type of woman that she is, she is saved, she's ready to go, she's taking initiative, and she says, now that we are saved, what are we going to do about it? Let's go gather in my home and let's start this church. I mean, this is more or less what's happening and I love it. Paul, right, being intentional, he goes down, he shares the word of God, not knowing how these women are gonna receive. They receive, they get saved and then Lydia uses her wealth uses her giftings, uses her job, uses her home, like her time, her talent, and her treasure. She goes, all right. And more or less, she's like, my life's no longer my own. Let's get to work. Let's do this. And in no certain terms, Lydia and these women are the start. They are are the, the church planters, the pioneers, the leaders of the church in Philippi. They start it. And where does it start? Where does the church start in Philippi? In Lydia's home, in her living room, in her kitchen, on her porch. I have no idea what her house looked like. But literally, they get saved in the riverbanks. They persuade everybody to come back. And, this, and that is the start of the end of the story. Again, when you read up the, the letter to the Philippians, Paul is writing to the believers in the church that started in Lydia's living room the reason why I want to note that is I think it's just a beautiful, awesome, like practical uh, example of like how God uses how we're made uniquely for his glory. The key here, though, is just being willing to be like, yep, all that's mine is actually God's. I'm just a steward of it. So let's do this. Right there's like again this initiative, but again it's just Lydia being Lydia. Again I, I'm I'm stretching it a little bit, but just from what we, we know here is like Lydia is a, a business owner. She's wealthy. She has a home. Um, she's boss. She's like she's she's an owner. Like you could say she's a CEO. That's how she's wired, and so God uses that because she's 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 uh, willing. Right, she's walking into her giftings and her talents and her resources and she's like, let's allow God to use all of it for his glory. And what comes out of it is the church in Philippi that is radically used by the Lord in years to come for the furthering of the gospel. And the reason why I bring that up is that you guys, like you guys listening, I am blown away At the giftings, the personalities, the callings, the jobs, the education, like the creativity you have. Like guys, if I hope as time goes on right now, we get back together, right? And all of you get to know everyone at our church because all of you are so gifted and so called and so anointed and like God has given you so much. And I really mean that like of everyone. Even if you're like, what do I have? I can't, like you have a lot and it's unique to you and it's special and God desires to use it for his glory. Again, what the church is to be is not just supposed to be a pastor led thing. It's the body of Christ. for all members. It isn't just supposed to be me or the worship team or, or Des uh, or like a couple people here. It's supposed to be like the body of Christ coming together and all that God has entrusted with, we use for the glory of God, our homes and our resources and our time and our talents and our giftings and our job and our skills and to see God's kingdom come forth. And so if anything, guys, I wanna fan into flame who God's made you to be, to use for his glory and his kingdom. You're an artist, you're an architect, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're in construction, you're a teacher. You're in the military, like in your job, with your giftings, how you're wired, with your resources, with your home, with your family, with your time, I want to encourage you that God has given everything to you so that you, like Lydia, can go, Lord, everything that I have is yours. Use it for your glory. Let's go. Come with me. Let's do this. Church, I am very excited for what God is doing in our church this year. And I believe that God is preparing us to uh, radically be engaged in God's kingdom. Go forth here in Hawaii as it is in heaven. I pray now that God's Holy Spirit would strengthen you and maybe even give clarity of how you might serve him in where you're at, what people you might share with, how you can be intentional and available and creative in seeing the gospel go forth. Uh, Church, I'm going to pray for our time of worship and uh, hope to see you again in person really soon. God, thank you so much for our text today and for the example of just everything, like the gospel going forth and people getting saved and Lydia uh, starting a church in her home. And just thank you so much that we see that you've given us your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit and through technology that we are uh, hearing from you today. And we pray that as we enter this time of worship, that you would get all the glory you'd be exalted in our homes, that you would be magnified because you are worthy and deserving. We love you, Lord. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Amen, church. Uh, I pray that you you, uh, experience the Lord in this time of worship now. Uh, Aloha.